So thanks for joining us. I know this is a, a fun night. We have a lot of uh, students home with us from college, so there's a lot of excitement here, people catching up, saying hello. We have uh, visitors, family, and friends in town for Thanksgiving, so we just want to extend a, a warm welcome to all of you. We're really glad you've uh, joined us tonight, and we pray that you'll be blessed as we uh, come together to worship the Lord, as we come together to praise Him, to give thanks for His goodness, His faithfulness, and uh, you know, God is just so good to us, and so this year for Thanksgiving, uh, I think this evening tonight as we come together to worship, just a great way to kick off our Thanksgiving celebration this year. So here's the plan. I'm going to open up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to have some worship tonight. Uh, Chaz and Samantha are going to lead us, but to begin, why don't you join me and bow our heads and let's pray to begin our service. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come together tonight and worship you. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness and the, the many ways that you provide for us. And uh, Lord, we just pray that uh, this Thanksgiving, that each one of us, uh, individually as families, uh, would give you all the honor and praise that you're due. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the many ways that you provide for our needs. Thank you for, for love in our lives, the love of family and friends. Thank you for your love, Lord and uh, the salvation that we have, the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that uh, tonight this service would all uh, be all for you, give you the full glory, God, that we would uh, sing praises to you and bless, bless your name, Lord, as we, as we worship you tonight. Give us a great time as we celebrate your goodness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. and join us to <laughs> worship.
be seated. One of our uh, favorite traditions here at uh, Lakes Free for our Thanksgiving Eve service is to have an open time of sharing where we invite uh, all of you, uh, members of our church, family, friends, to uh, share publicly the ways that God has blessed you this past year. And so we wanted to give you a chance this evening to uh, just publicly acknowledge God's goodness, his greatness, his faithfulness, and uh, if there's anything you want to just share with the rest of us tonight, something that you're thankful for, uh, we'll uh, come around. You can just raise your hand, and I'll come around with the microphone, and we'll give you, you know, uh, a chance to share with the rest of us God's goodness in your life. So I see, uh, I see one hand up already over here. Tell us your name and what you're thankful for this year. My name is Gus Gomerson. Um Many of you I know, and you know that I have a uh, business of my own, and owned the business for 21 years and it's been a business that's been going this way for 20 years and um, I have to say it's a God thing but this year we're 75% ahead of last year and we're finally being able to breathe a little bit and I'm just thankful to God for what he's done for us. Cool. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Who else? All right. Again, if you don't mind, share your name and tell us what you're thankful for. 
You don't know me? I know you, but not everybody else knows you. <laughs> I'm Ron Peterson, and we had my wife Sharon here. We've been through a, quite a journey this year, and God's been faithful to us. Uh, Sharon has been through bigger t trials than I have, but uh, uh, we've been, she's been battling cancer for about 10 years now, or five years at least. Oh, maybe it's been longer than that. But anyway, this year was another one of those battles that we went through, and uh, we just got a report just a couple of weeks ago that she's cancer clear. And so we're really thankful for that. And, uh, and uh, as I was, we were going to the doctor, I, I was feeling kind of, had some chest pains and stuff like that. And she said, well, you better take care of yourself too. So wouldn't you know we ended up in the hospital the same day. I had a stent put in, she had surgery, and so here we are. <laughs> Amen. Your name, name is Hacilius, and I want to thank the congregation here for praying for me. Uh, I am a candidate for a kidney transplant, and I thank you for praying that you, uh, uh, through your prayers, the Lord has raised up a donor. Uh, however, I just now am on a, a hold status because the kidney is functioning well enough, so I don't need a transplant at this time. So I thank you for the prayers there and the prayers of some that were praying that my kidneys are function above the 20%. Uh, that's kind of a, 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 a line that the uh, professionals have kind of drawn. And when it drops down below that into the teens or lower teens, then a dialysis would be, in, uh, be the next step there or the transplant. So seeing I have a donor, I'd be a transplant. And I don't want to go under the knife if I can possibly help it. So continue praying, that'll work. <laughs> at the good functioning percentage. Thank Amen. you. Praise we'll the Lord. We'll keep praying for you, Harry. Thank you. Yeah. Raise your hand uh, nice and high if you have something to share. All right, over there. I'm going to get my exercise here this evening. Good for you. Uh, it's been 180 days since I've been retired. And so I praise the Lord for that. It's a whole new life. And the Lord says in his word, teach us to number our days that we may present to him a heart of wisdom. So every day I'm looking to the Lord for wisdom. Amen. And your name is Linda, right? <laughs> Linda Musbarger. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else have something they'd like to share tonight? Yeah. Well, over here quick. Hey, I'm really thankful. Name. That my name is Mark Lindman, and I'm thankful that Christian's here tonight. We've prayed for him for years, man, and this is so cool. Yeah. Hey, buddy. All right, I saw... Over here, there we go. Give us your name and tell us what you're thankful for this year. Uh, my name is Kay Reniker, and uh, a little over a week ago I had a TIA, and I've had six strokes, but man, here I am. I'm going strong and feeling good, and I'm thankful to my daughter and to the wonderful home that she has given me. Awesome. Thanks. You want me to hold Getting the mic tied for up you? in oxygen. Okay. I um, just want to th um, just say thank, you, thank you for the congregation also for praying for our family, um, for Christian, and just the praise he's walking and going off the vent like eight hours a day. So um, from a long journey we've had the last three and a half years, but um, we are here and thankful for that. So we appreciate your prayers. Thanks awesome. a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. 
Who else? Raise your hand. This is awesome. This is like the highlight of my year hearing all these uh, praises. So uh, keep them coming. Otherwise, I'm going to preach longer. <laughs> Jerry Andrews, and I'm thankful for 30 years of Pastor Rick and Gail in the ch leading the church. Yeah, amen. <laughs> 30 years, wow. That's, that, you get, that, is, that is like literally unheard of in, uh, in churches to have a, have a senior pastor here in one place for 30 years. So definitely make sure to... Give thanks to the Lord for our pastor and for Gail this year. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, back there. Can you give us your name and let us know what you're thankful for this evening? Hey, I'm Mark Lee. Um, I'll give it to the little girl, though. She had her hand up. And no, anyway, uh, this has been kind of a unique year because early in the year, I got a call from Kevin Spading to help Joe Swanson out a little bit at his at his. Uh, cabinet shop. Of course, most of you, well, maybe not most of you, but today was Joe's funeral. So for me, it was kind of a real special time to get to know Joe better. I mean, I was thinking about this today. I've known him a long time, but, uh, and I can't even remember when I met him, but, um, you know, it was just, it makes you thankful for what you have. And then to just to be with Joe and talk to him about certain aspects of his treatment back in February. He had a major surgery and uh, and then, of course, about six, seven weeks ago, the cancer had spread to other parts of his body and, uh, you know, it didn't last very long, but I'm just thankful that I was able to have some time with him and uh, also thankful for my own health, you know, because it's only by the grace of God that we're even here. Uh, and so we have to thank him for that, and I want to do that. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah. Name, please. And I'm Gail Stenghelly, and I was looking over at Cameron over here, and I think of the Osmond kids, and I just, I, I work at the primary school, and I'm so thankful for that job. I just love those kids. They're just precious, and so I'm thankful for my job. Cool. Who else? By the way, up upstairs too, we do have a mic set up up there next to the uh, soundboard if anybody up there would like to share. Yeah, I'll come back there next. Clean Meather, and many of you know we used to live out here on Olinda Trail, so we just moved like a week or a month ago from this busy road out into the country, and we only have like one neighbor that we can see, so it's nice and quiet. And so I'm just thankful to God that we were able to make that transition. Um, we lived in our house for just shy of 20 years, so kind of a new adventure for all of us. Cool. Thanks, Colleen. Um, I'm Kevin Lovedahl, and uh, a couple of years ago, just before this service, um, I was doing jail ministry, and uh, one of the uh, inmates there um, uh, gave his life to the Lord that night because I had uh, lost my arm in an electrocution, or my hand, and uh, so I was thankful that night that uh, I had one hand. And uh, um, uh, next month, we're going uh, on a trip to California, and uh, uh, the Lord has provided the insurance company to provide me with a new artificial arm. 
and uh, it's quite expensive, and uh, so that's been some pretty exciting news in our life this year, and uh, um, so I'm going to get this new bionic uh, <laughs> arm, and uh, I'm pretty excited awesome. about it, so awesome. within about six weeks, I think I'll have it. Awesome, so buddy. Cool. It's pretty cool. All right. Hi, um, I'm Caroline Rosenthal, and I experienced something so amazing in January. We lost my mom, and when she was going downhill, I started praying and asking God if I could be with her when she went. I just so wanted to be with her. We just got really close at the end. And the last few days of her life, I was right there with her, and I was actually laying next to her and praying <laughs> scriptures in her ear, and it was just... Um, it just had worship music playing, like, nonstop, you know, for a couple days. And when she passed, um, it felt like God just gave me a taste of heaven. It was, I could literally feel her spirit leaving her body. It was the most amazing thing. And there were three of us in the room, my cousin and another gal, and all three of us felt... Um, the room got cold, and we believed that there were angels in that room. It was just, I, I can hardly describe it, but it was so real. Like, it was just, we, my mom just got ushered into heaven, and we got to be there, and I'm so grateful that we have that hope. And, yeah, anyway. Amen. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. My name is Karen um, Selby, and I just, I'm grateful for gratefulness and for thankfulness. Um, a large portion of my life I was not, and struggled with um, some real pains and some self-pity, and um, I could list several things. Um, Sharon's one of the things that with her cancer-free, there's been three or four people who I've gotten reports that they're cancer-free that we've been praying for. Um, and, you know, I could list several things, but gratefulness and thankfulness. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Over here. Yep, name, please, and let us know what you're thankful for. Krista Hoyland. Um, 14 years ago, um, kind of came into this area, and... Uh, um, I had twins, and my little Sam had heart defect, and I know a lot of you were there by my side during a very difficult time, and uh, it was the day after Thanksgiving he had his heart surgery at six weeks, and this church prayed for him, and I know he had a lot of complications, but he got through it, and uh, just about a month ago he saw his cardiologist, and he's doing great. So I'm just so thankful, and this time of year, I always think about how I was feeling and just how, how hard it was. So I just want to thank everybody for their prayers again. Amen. <laughs> Who else? All right. Oh, I'll be back that way in a minute. <laughs> My name is Caleb Carey, um, and I just like, I'm thankful for the next generation who's here, and I see a lot of college students here um, that just kind of came out, and thankful for a place where we can come and, 
you know, get fed the word with Rick and Gail, who've been here 30 years, um, and just kind of have some encouragement for each other. So, uh, way to go, next generation. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Last call over here. All right, not last call, but I'm going to head over here. <laughs> All right. Let us know your name and what you're thankful for. What is it? And joy. Joy. What are you thankful for? Animals and Christmas trees and ornaments. Awesome. Those are good things to be thankful for, Joy. My name is Emily Carlson, and the last couple of years we've struggled financially. I've had a job, lost a job, had a job, lost a job. And uh, I'm just really thankful this year. I have a great job, um, one I really enjoy, and it doesn't just pay well, it does, but it, it's just very flexible and works with our family. And I'm thankful for my two daughters. Um, I came home from work today and they had decorated my house for Christmas and put up the tree. So I didn't have to do all that work. So I'm just very thankful that I have children who are that thoughtful. Hi, my name is Ben Hoyland, and I'm really happy for my cousin to be alive because she has cancer. And um, the doctors said that she wouldn't be alive for a long time, but she stayed alive for longer than they predicted. And she's going through a hard time right now, but we're praying for her to get better. Cool, cool. Thanks, Ben. Anybody else? Amy, she really wants to share. Are you sure? <laughs> You have something you're thankful for? Tell us your name. What's your name? My name is Annabelle. I live, I live, I live in Osaka. What are you thankful for, Annabelle? I, I live there because my puppy lives there too. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Anybody else? You're leaving me plenty of time for a nice long sermon, so this is good. Who else? Anybody else like to share? All right. Yeah, okay. Give us your name and what you're thankful for. I'm Janice Johnson, and I've shared this with Pastor Rick and with Pastor Jason, but I'm just so thankful for this church, and I'm so thankful that they preach and teach the pure word of God and that I, every time I, I listen to their, I told them, I said, when I walk or I run, um, I wear headphones and I listen to the sermons all over again. And re don't, I, you just don't realize how much you miss because I'm so distracted, I'll look at clothes or hairdos or whatever, <laughs> you know, and I go, oh, I don't remember listening to that, you know, and so it's just, I really encourage you to listen to them over again. And uh, it's just been a blessing, but my heart is just so full of gratitude for the word of God that gets preached and taught at this church. Thanks, Janice. <laughs> well, all right, there you go. Hold on a second, I think. There you go. Well, I'm Olin Phillips, and uh, you know, I was really listening to the music we were singing earlier and, and the song that uh, was talking about 
let the weak say I'm strong and let the poor say I'm rich. And uh, I've had the fortune that uh, several members of, several of my children have been kind of traveling the world in missionaries' uh, pursuits recently. And they keep coming back with the marvelous stories of these exceedingly poor people and the richness that Christ has brought into their life. And Paul says in one of his epistles, I can't remember which one, but uh, that he says that the good news is still going forth and people are responding to it and lives are being changed. And I, I'm just thankful for that because I think all of us or most of us in here have experienced that. And I just uh, thank God that his word is still returning lives. Cool. Amen. Give us your name and what you're thankful for. My name is Carl Stignani, and I'm very thankful for the leaders and mentors that I have in my life that God has blessed me with, both here in the church and in my home. I have an awesome father, an awesome mother, and a grandmother who love me very much and are, are amazing examples for me, both outward and in the home, and are excellent teachers. Cool. Yep, back there, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jody Lovedahl. Um, I'm just so thankful to the Lord for, um, you know, like two years ago, I had to have surgery. And it was quite apparent that God said, yes, go forward with this. And it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. But I'm just thankful that I was obedient to him. And I'm just trusting that he will um, use it in some way for his glory. And I'm so thankful for my husband, Kevin, who, who is so patient and kind and loving and just is always so helpful to me. And... Um, he just works so hard, and he's um, dealing with chronic pain. And um, but he just he just smiles and and keeps going, and um, he's just such an example to me. And I just um, thank God for who he is. And I, I just um, he does make the weak strong, and um, I just love him. And I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Hello. Um, I'm Emma O'Brien. I am Mary and Daryl's granddaughter. You probably know them. Um, I have cystic fibrosis, which is a lung disease. And I'm thankful for two things. Um, one is that I was in the hospital about a month ago for a week, and just a week in there was pretty dreadful, and I just didn't enjoy it. And it made me realize that I'm grateful that I have CF instead of something worse like cancer, because I'm hearing a lot of stories about how much pain people are going through, and I'm just thankful that I can appreciate life, even though it's a little rough. It's just not as rough as it could be. And I'm also thankful for everyone here who's been praying for me, because I know a lot of you have. And 
I think that's why I was only in the hospital for a week and I'm not back in there still. So thank you. Cool. We're glad you're here, Emma. Glad you're here. Who else wants to share something tonight? Yeah. Amy? All right. There you go. I have all my kids trying to yeah, get me up here. <laughs> no, I just, um, I just am so thankful because um, our son, Josh, who's 13, went through a surgery in June on both of his legs. And um, anyway, he is recovering. God has just been bringing healing to him. And um, he had to learn how to walk again, and he's doing that. And um, we're just very proud of him. But God has just been working in his life. So we're Amen. very grateful. Awesome. <laughs> Anybody else? Why do we only do this once a year? I mean, this is good stuff, right? This is good. Who else wants to share tonight? What are we? Any Thanksgivings? Yeah. I wanted to wait till you all prayed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mary Mosby, and there's so many things to be thankful for. Kim and Christian and Emma and um, and um, Kevin and everything. Um, I'm thankful for those of you men, though, who cherish your wives. You know, I mean, um, and and treat us the way that, that God wants you to, because there's so many marriages that are not making it in, in um, this day and age. And you, got, you just thank God for, for all of the men who are, are you know, such strong Christians. So. And I'm thankful for my son, who um, thought enough to um, celebrate my 70th birthday by um, starting a fundraising thing. And you know as we're like over 70% there to having a well in Africa. Um, drilled in in my honor, so um, I'm thankful for that. So, and I'm thankful for our pastoral staff too. So, I could talk for about yeah, a half I, an hour if you want me to cut your <laughs> sermon short. But your sermons are yes, pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you. Thanks, Mary. It's Mary's 70th birthday today, by the way. So, <laughs> lots of love here for you, Mary. Anybody else want to share tonight? Oh, uh oh, this is my uh, this is my mother-in-law. Everybody, this is Kim's well, mom, Bonnie. I'm, yeah, I'm Kim's mom, and um, I just want to let you know that I'm very thankful for the fact that she's had her miracle and she's cancer-free for now. She has many hurdles to go through, but um, we're we're gonna make it. She's strong. Not too many good days yet, but we're getting there. Anyway, she um, also I also want to thank you as a church for all that you've done and all the support you've shown to Carlson family. The meals are amazing, <laughs> and um, I'm I'm overwhelmed with the love that you've shown. Um, other than that, too, I'd like to say that I'm thankful for Caleb and Adeline. They've been really good. They've supported their mom really well. And um, they've been there for her. And um, it's been a hard six months or so. I think it's been about six months. And um, we're getting through it <laughs> little by little. So that's what I'm thankful for. Cool. Thanks. 
And I'm definitely thankful for my mother-in-law. She's just on top, top notch. So, who else? Yeah. I'm Sharon Curson, and my sister is presently dying of tongue cancer, and it's very hard for me to watch. But there's a real joy because whenever I see her, she says, "Remember." absent from the body, is present with the Lord, and we will see each other again someday, so we can rejoice in that. Mm -hmm. All right, last call. Anybody else? All right, well, thanks for sharing, everybody, and I'll just uh, echo my mother-in-law's Yeah, this is, this is why Pastor Rick hasn't had me preaching lately. But, um, man, you guys have been just an incredible blessing to our family. Um, my wife's been dealing with breast cancer for six months, and um, we're, we're very thankful for how God has been uh, working in her and bringing, bringing her through a really difficult time of chemo and surgery and uh, good, good reports right now of... Uh, uh, cancer clear, you know, being clear of cancer and uh, still like, still like my mother-in-law said, a lot ahead of us yet with radiation and uh, ongoing drug therapies and things. But um, man, just on behalf of our family, I, I cannot tell you uh, just the depth of the love that we have for this church, for all of you guys, and uh, just incredible, uh, tangible acts of love that you've uh, given to our family the last few months, and thank you for your grace. Uh, I know I've been cranky and ornery on Sunday mornings occasionally, and, you know, my my uh, spirit may not have always been as joyful as I would normally like to be, but, um, you know, man, you guys have just been an incredible blessing to me uh, with your words of encouragement, your, your love for myself, for our kids. Um, so just thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts, and just know uh, we love you guys all so very much. So, all right. Yeah. We, uh, tonight, we have uh, another really special thing to celebrate as we continue our theme of giving thanks this evening. We have uh, taken on the project this year for Thanksgiving. Every year we have a special offering at Thanksgiving time. And this year for our Thanksgiving offering, we have the chance to bless uh, a church that we have been working with in Guatemala for years. How many years now? 10 plus years? Uh, a number of our people here have been to Kiakish, Guatemala, and uh, visited the community there, and, and done uh, ministry there amongst uh, Pastor Obispo and our friends, and uh, just a special place, and they are really doing some incredible work for the Lord in that area of Guatemala. They need a van. They need a van in a big way, and uh, in Guatemala, this van is, I guarantee you, this van is going to be put to good use. They, uh, they are running ministry outreaches for like miles, I mean like sometimes hundreds of miles away from their church where they are going to other communities, reaching out, holding Bible studies, doing tangible acts of love and service, bringing people to church, and uh, they need a van. 
And so we've decided as a church this year for our Thanksgiving offering, we are going to uh, do our best to bless them with the funds to get a new vehicle for their ministry down there in Guatemala. So tonight we're going to be taking a special offering for this, and uh, we want to invite you to participate in that. And I'd encourage you, you know, to just open your hearts, ask the Lord, you know, God, what, what, what might you have us give towards this project? And uh, I guarantee you, man, this is going to be uh, a gift that is going to go towards uh, fruitful, fruitful labor for the cause of the gospel. So our ushers are going to come uh, through tonight. We're going to have a special song this evening from our uh, men's quartet. And uh, while the guys are singing, our ushers are going to pass the bags around. And if you are uh, feeling led to give tonight to this van project, you can do that. We also have a basket outside the back door here this evening where you can uh, give uh, on your way out this evening as well. But if you would, uh, let me pray for the offering, and we'll invite our guys to come up and lead us in song while, uh, while we past the bags this evening. Lord Jesus, I tell you what, God, you, it just blesses my heart hearing your people thank you and sing your praises and express their gratitude, Lord, for just the many ways that you are so good and faithful to us. And we just thank you, God, for an opportunity like tonight to come together and to lift up your name, to praise you, God, for all that, uh, all that you are and, uh, and give you the glory that you're due, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we have this relationship with uh, the Bethesda Tabernacle Church in Kiakish, Guatemala. We're thankful for Pastor Obispo and the faithful men and women there who are serving you and just having such an incredible outreach in that whole region of Guatemala. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the chance tonight to bless them in, in, in a really incredible way, Lord, with this gift of a new van. And so I just pray that you would open our hearts tonight to, to give, to give generously towards this project, knowing, Lord, that these funds are going to be put to just tremendously good use. And uh, we just pray, God, that you would do a supernatural work and help us raise the funds that we need to bless our brothers and sisters in Christ there in Guatemala for your glory, for the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for this time together tonight. We pray your blessing on the remainder of our service this evening. Open our hearts, Lord, as we hear from your word here in a few minutes. Thank you for the guys who are going to sing for us tonight and bless our hearts through song. And uh, we just uh, are so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, there is definitely a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. You can hear it through all the testimonies tonight. So we're going to sing about that, a sweet, sweet spirit. There's a sweet, sweet
Thank you, guys. It's always awesome to have our men sing like that. Isn't that terrific? Well, a number of you asked me this evening about the rocks in the uh, back as you walked in. You might have seen those by the doors. Um, these rocks aren't to throw at the pastor tonight, okay? <laughs> All right, I had, I had to clarify that for a few people earlier. Uh, I'll tell you more about these rocks uh, um, later on our message this evening. If you grabbed one already, that's great. I'll uh, tell you more about that in a little bit. And uh, you may notice the, uh, the pile of stones here on the stage tonight. I'm going to tell you quite a bit about those this evening. And, uh, man, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe how hard it is to get a pile of stones like that put together. I was in here for about an hour and a half this afternoon trying to pile those stones. It's a lot harder than, it, than you might think. And, uh, by the way, where's Mark Carey? I'm going to need a visit to the chiropractor after uh, hauling those things around. About 3,400 years ago, 1406 B.C., the people of Israel had just come out of wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. You may recall the story of the exodus from Egypt where the Israelites had been held in captivity as slaves in the nation of Egypt for hundreds of years. And much of the Old Testament story is about God's amazing, miraculous rescue of the people of Israel, bringing them out of slavery in Egypt uh, through what we call the, the exodus. God raised up Moses and through a series of miraculous uh, plagues that God sent on the nation of Israel, finally Pharaoh relented and allowed the Hebrew slaves to go free to return to their homeland, the promised land of Israel. And you may recall the famous stories of the plagues and then as the Israelites started heading out through the wilderness, coming to the, to the Red Sea, and there as they waited at the shore of the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army came racing in on them with his chariots and his soldiers to bring them back as slaves in Egypt. And the people of Israel were trapped there. And God miraculously parted the waters of the Red Sea. And the people walked through on dry land. And they were rescued. Pharaoh and his army were destroyed in the waves of the Red Sea. And over the course of their wanderings in the wilderness, the Israelites, they repeatedly saw God's miraculous intervention in their lives. Even when they were unfaithful to God, God still blessed them and showed them his faithfulness and his goodness and his love, even in the process of the times where he had to punish them for their disobedience. God extended his grace to them. And they saw miracle after miracle. God's provision of manna, special food from heaven, water from the rocks, uh, all kinds of miraculous things that took place. And then after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness had passed, God brought the people to the very edge of the promised land. And God opened up before them this incredible scene of this land that he had promised them hundreds of years before their father Abraham their spiritual forefather, their physical forefather, the father of the Israelite people, that this would be your land. But there was one huge obstacle that remained before they could cross into the promised land, and that was the Jordan River. And as Joshua led the people of Israel down to the banks of the Jordan River, God told Joshua that he wanted the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant and to lead the people into the water, to step out in faith into the raging waters of the flooded Jordan River and to step out in faith and that when they did that, God would do another mirac miraculous act so that they could cross into the promised land. 
And Joshua and the people of Israel, they trusted God. They had faith. They stepped out into that water. And just like God had done years before by parting the Red Sea, God miraculously stopped up the waters of the Jordan River. And the people of Israel crossed over on dry land, the Bible says. They crossed over the Jordan River on dry land. And you know something, friends? 3,400 years ago, after crossing over on dry land into the promised land, the people of Israel celebrated a very special Thanksgiving day. You see, they had a lot to give thanks for. Freedom from slavery in Egypt, freedom from their wanderings in the wilderness, the crossing of the Jordan River. And to memorialize the greatness and faithfulness of God in their lives, as a spiritual memorial to God's goodness and faithfulness, God told Joshua to pick 12 men from each of the 12 tribes of Israel and to take a stone from the middle of the Jordan River where they had crossed over on dry land and to carry these five miles west of the Jordan River to a place called Gilgal. And they were to make a monument, a memorial that would stand for generations as a testament to the greatness and faithfulness of the God of Israel. Now, their memorial, friends, was probably a lot bigger than the one you see here on stage. Now, that's not too bad for one guy, you know, putting together in about an hour this afternoon. But the one the Israelites made, it was each man was to take a boulder, and the Bible says they carried them on their shoulders. So it was probably, you know, I'm venturing to guess, probably about the size of a grown man when they piled these stones up together. And this memorial was to stand as a testament. Let me read for you from Joshua chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, Joshua chapter 4, verses 19 through 24, talks about God's reason for having the people of Israel build this memorial of stone. Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. God had the Israelites build a spiritual memorial, a lasting testament to the greatness and faithfulness of God. And friends, we still need memorials like this today. We still need memorials to remind us of the goodness and the greatness and the faithfulness of God in our lives. We need these memorials. You know, why did God have the Israelites build a memorial like this? Why do we need memorials, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think after escaping from Egypt, after crossing the Red Sea, after, you know, having manna fed to them, you know, miraculously from heaven every day, water coming out of rocks when they needed it, crossing the Jordan River, you would think after all those things, like, like we're ever going to forget that stuff, God. 
But no, God says build a memorial. Why? Why do we need spiritual memorials? Well, friends, we need them the same reason for the same reason that the Israelites needed them. Because, you know, first of all, we're forgetful people, right? I mean, isn't it easy? It's so pathetic, but isn't it easy for us to forget how good God has been to us? Isn't it easy for us to just like overlook the many times that God has just showered his blessings on us? We're forgetful people. Just, I mean, I went a couple weeks ago. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was here at church and I was having some pity party for myself. You know, we're, we're going through a tough time as a family and all the stuff we're dealing with. And I was just, I was just feeling down and discouraged and, you know, just kind of having a, my own little pity party sitting in my office. This was two weeks ago. And four weeks ago, God answered the most important prayer of my whole life. Four weeks ago, we were praying for my wife's PET scan test that would tell us whether or not cancer had spread any further in her body or whether they had gotten it all through chemo and surgery. And you all were praying with us. And God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer by providing us with a clear PET scan that said, no, the cancer hadn't spread any further. And we rejoiced. We were overwhelmed when we received that news. And yet... Two weeks later, here I am having a pity party because I'm feeling sorry for myself over all that we're going through. Friends, we're forgetful people. How quick we are to forget the greatness and faithfulness of our God. We need spiritual memorials. Not only are we forgetful people, but you know the reality is, is we're sinners. And as sinners, we're selfish people. And we're self-centered people. And we have this tendency, okay, I, I, I know it's probably true for you like it is for me, we have this tendency to think that, you know, when good stuff happens in our lives, it's all because of us, right? And, and man, you know, I got this raise at work, man, I'm doing such a great job, I'm so proud of myself, or, you know, you make the varsity basketball team, and you're, man, I'm just such a stud, you know, I'm, I, man, I, I'm like the greatest athlete in the world, and we forget that everything we are and everything we have and all the blessings that we have in our life come from the Lord because we're self-centered and we think it's about us, right? I mean, you can ask Pastor Rick. He'd affirm this too. How many Sundays have there been? I've been standing in the back and I'm thinking to myself, man, that was just such an awesome sermon. I just hit a home run with that one, you know, and I'm, I'm getting, you know, everybody's walking by thanking me for the sermon and I'm just feeling all puffed up like, man, I just did such an awesome job. And yet I forget that two days earlier, I'm sitting in my office on my knees praying, God, I have nothing right now. I need your help, Lord. And I guarantee you that is like almost every time I preach. I'm sitting in my office saying, Jesus, if you don't give me something, I don't know what I'm going to do because like Sunday's like two days from now. And I got like an illustration. That's about it. Right? See, we're self-focused people and we forget how often God just blesses us and provides for us and takes care of us. And so, friends, we need spiritual memorials. We need memorial stones in our lives as much as the Israelites needed them in their lives. And, you know, tomorrow as we come to Thanksgiving Day, I want you to think about Thanksgiving Day in a new light with me here this evening. Tomorrow as we come to Thanksgiving Day, it's a time for us to gather around our memorial stones 
Okay, tomorrow when you get together with your family, when you get together with your friends, you're gonna have a great meal and you're gonna celebrate Thanksgiving. But friends, I want you to recognize that this is an opportunity for us as God's people to gather around our memorial stones, just like the people of Israel gathered around their memorial stones to give, great, to, to give honor and praise to God for his greatness and faithfulness in our lives. It's a time for us to worship him and give thanks. Just like the memorial stones in Israel were a reminder to the people of Israel. It's all about God. We're here because of him. He did this, not us. This is a testament to the greatness and faithfulness of God. And friends, we too need those memorial stones in our lives to remind us to give thanks for his many blessings for his greatness and his faithfulness. Now, our passage this evening, Joshua chapter 4, 19 through 24, it reminds us that there are three primary reasons why we're called to remember God's faithfulness and give thanks. Joshua here, he lists three primary reasons for why God had them set up this memorial stone as a reminder to give thanks and praise and worship for the greatness and faithfulness of God. I wanna share these three reasons with you this evening and hopefully help us have a greater appreciation for what we're gonna do tomorrow when we give thanks. What we've been doing tonight as we've given thanks. Being that tomorrow's Thanksgiving, I decided to make these three points easy for us to remember, right? We all have food on our mind right now, right? I'm sure uh, some of you uh, have already been, begun cooking your Thanksgiving meals. And uh, my wife uh, and mother-in-law, I gotta keep my mother-in-law, my, they've both been cooking up a storm today and I've got this beautiful looking pecan pie on the uh, oven that I'm waiting to dig into tomorrow. So tonight for our sermon, I'm gonna keep my three points easy for you to remember. The acronym we're gonna go with is PIE, all right? P-I-E, so if you can remember pie, you can remember our three points for this evening. Three points why we give thanks from Joshua chapter 4 and God's commissioning of this memorial stone. Number one, Joshua chapter 4 tells us that we give thanks to point, to point, there's the P, to point the next generation to the Lord. We give thanks to point the next generation to the Lord. Caleb, I loved it, man, when you mentioned, you know, how great it was to see the next generation in here. And I gotta tell you, man, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, we are so blessed as a church to have so many young people here at our church who are just on fire for the Lord and just wanna be a part of this community, wanna continue to serve God here, grow here. And you know, I know many of you guys go off to school and we don't see you during the school year, but we are just so thankful for you. And you gotta know we pray for you all the time. And we're proud of you, we're proud of what you're doing. And uh, one of the reasons why we give thanks as the people of God is because God calls us to point the next generation to the Lord. Verses 21 through 22, Joshua says to the people of Israel, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Friends, we create memorial stones in our lives to point the next generation to the Lord and to his greatness and his faithfulness. When I was a kid, I just, I loved holidays. I loved Thanksgiving, I loved Christmas, I loved family reunions because you know what? I knew that when our family would get together, I knew I could count on some amazing stories 
being shared. Stories, testimonies of God's greatness and his faithfulness in the lives of our family. And you know, like, like some of your families, you probably heard some of these stories numerous times, but they never get old, do they? These great stories of how God has just been faithful. I remember, you know, going to family gatherings. My grandpa Carlson, he was a pastor for 60 plus years, served the Lord as a Baptist minister. And uh, man, I, I remember him. He would share this story with us on a regular basis. He would talk about how when he was a young man going through college, God called him to go into the ministry. Like God tangibly called him, told him, Harold, I'm gonna make you a great preacher and you're gonna spread the gospel, you're gonna preach my word all over the world. But you see, the thing was, my grandpa, when he was in his early 20s in college, my grandpa had a debilitating stuttering problem. See, he was the son of Swedish immigrants, and so growing up, he was always embarrassed about his inability to speak English properly, and so as he aged, he developed this stuttering problem. And he was convinced that God told him that he was going to make him into this great preacher, but he argued with God. He said, God, how am I going to be a great preacher when I can't even get a sentence out without tripping over my words? And God told my grandpa, he said, Harold, I'm going to take care of that. You trust me. You keep going. You step out of faith. You pursue your education. You go to seminary, and I'm going to take care of the preaching piece for you. And friends, you want to know something? God delivered my grandfather of his stutter problem. He became a, uh, one of the greatest preachers of his generation. Founded Calvary Baptist Church here in Roseville. Was pastor at Grace Church, which is now Grace Church of Eden Prairie. Pastored there for five years. Pastored, uh, at the time, the largest church in the nation in Lakewood, California. Uh, back in the 1950s and 60s. God used him in incredible ways. And I remember hearing that story of a kid th- as a kid thinking, that is just awesome. That God was faithful. It was a memorial stone in my life that my grandpa used to point me and my cousins and my brother to the greatness and faithfulness of God. Man, I used to love going to these family gatherings and hearing my family tell these stories of God's greatness and faithfulness. I remember as a young boy in 1984, God called my family to go and serve in the Philippines as missionaries. My mom's here with me this evening and uh, very thankful to have my mom here. She's, she's the greatest mom in the world. 1984, God called our family to go serve as missionaries in the Philippines. I was nine, 10 years old at the time. And uh, we needed $30,000 in order to get us there to pay our expenses for the course of the first year that we were going to be there. And uh, my dad and mom, they, they worked hard to raise the funds and traveled all over the country to f- friends and family and churches trying to raise the funds, but they were $5,000 short and they needed to leave for the Philippines in just like three weeks. This was in uh, October and they were supposed to be in the Philippines at the end of the month. My dad didn't know where they were going to come up with this extra $5,000. So my dad, he called a friend of his who was a pastor of a young startup church plant in Chicago, Illinois. And he told him, hey, God's called us to the Philippines. He's, we need $30,000. We've got twenty-five. I don't know how I'm going to come up with the extra 5000 Is there any way your church could help us? This pastor's name was Bill Hybels. He was pastor of a church called Willow Creek. At the time, it was just a little church plant. Bill Hybels told my dad on the phone, he said, well, Ron, you're not going to believe this, but just today, a woman came into my office and 
gave me a check for $5,000 and she said, I want this to go to world missions. But Bill Heibel said, you know what, our church is so young, we don't even have a missions program yet, so I suppose we'll just give it to you. <laughs> our family were the first missionaries that Willow Creek supported. God provided. Friends, that was a memorial stone in my life. And you gotta understand, friends, when, when we see God's greatness, when we see his faithfulness, when we see the way God provides and answers prayer for his people, it's pointing the next generation. You gotta believe that my dad and my grandpa, that they brought those stories up time and time again because they knew that they were pointing me and my brother and our cousins to the greatness and the faithfulness of our God. And friends, those were formative experiences in my life as a young man hearing those testimonies. And parents and grandparents in here, I wanna challenge you tonight. Tomorrow, you're gonna have Thanksgiving. You're gonna give thanks for God's goodness, for his gratefulness, for, for, for grace and his faithfulness. You have a chance, parents and grandparents, to testify to the greatness of God and the blessings that he's given you in your life. And like we shared here tonight, share those stories around the dinner table tomorrow. Tell your kids, tell your grandkids about the miraculous things you've seen God do, about the faithful ways that God has provided. It is formative in young people's lives to hear those stories. Let them be memorial stones that point the next generation to the faithfulness of our great God. The second thing Joshua tells us in our passage tonight about why we are to give thanks. Point number two tonight, our I... Joshua says, we give thanks to invite the world, to invite the world to hear of our great God. In verse 24, Joshua goes on. He says, after crossing the Red Sea, after crossing the Jordan River, Joshua says, God did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know, might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. God did all these miracles in the nation of Israel so that it would be a testimony to the people of the world that Israel served a great God. Every time somebody crossed the Jordan River into Israel, they came across this pile of stones and they said, what is this? And God told the Israelites, you are to tell them that you serve a great God. And these stones are a reminder to all people in the world that God does miracles for his people, that we serve a faithful God, we serve a great God. Jesus gave us a really great teaching in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus says that we are to let our light shine before men so that they might see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. Friends, one of the ways that we as God's people let our light shine brightly to a watching world is by being people of thanksgiving. 
We give thanks and we bear testimony to the greatness of faithfulness of our God. And when we give thanks, when we live lives of thanksgiving, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. When we live a life of thanksgiving, that is a powerful testament to a watching world that God honors his people's faith. And God blesses his people, and he is faithful to his people. And we are called, friends, to invite the world to know of our great and faithful God. And we do that by bearing testimonies of thanksgiving. You know, I don't know if you guys have recognized this, but our world is increasingly deprioritizing thanksgiving. I mean, it's incredible. Thanksgiving is just like, it's becoming like a, it's becoming like a second-class holiday, right? I mean, Christmas is the number one holiday that people spend money on. Number two is Halloween. All right, so we got Halloween, and then we got Christmas, and then we've got like this little speed bump in between them that we celebrate called Thanksgiving, And for a lot of people in our culture, Thanksgiving is just basically like, you know, they're glad they've got the day off, right? I'm glad I got a day off, and it's nice to not have school for a couple days, and there's going to be some great football games on, we're going to have some good food, but that's kind of it. And they look forward to Black Friday and getting their shopping done for Christmas, right? So many people in our culture just neglect the whole meaning of Thanksgiving today. And I gotta wonder, it's like, you wonder if, if it's because they don't have a real reason to give thanks. Or they don't know why they're to give thanks. Or to who they give thanks. Right? The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 121, he says one of the primary marks of a society that is moving away from God is the lack of a thankful spirit. A lack of thanksgiving. And so many in our culture today, you know, we love celebrating Halloween. We can't wait for Christmas. Now, Thanksgiving's okay. I mean, you know, there's going to be some good football games on, so that'll be great. We'll get some Christmas shopping done. And we forget to stop and honor the Lord and give thanks. And you know, friends, in an increasingly godless culture, for the people of God to stop, to come to a worship service like this tonight, to testify to the world that we are a people of thanksgiving, that's a powerful witness to a watching world. It's a powerful witness to our friends, to our neighbors, to our family, to point them to the God that we serve, who's worthy of giving thanks to, who's worthy of our devotion and our praise for all the blessings that he's given us. You know, We give thanks because we have a reason. Thanksgiving, I tell you what, Thanksgiving is a great argument for the existence of God, right? The Thanksgiving argument for the existence of God. I mean, why do we give thanks? To who are we giving thanks, right? Friends, Thanksgiving is an inherently personal holiday. Thanksgiving itself, the act of giving thanks, the discipline of giving thanks, that's a very personal thing. We give thanks to other persons, right? You don't wake up in the morning and make your egg waffle and then, man, I'm so thankful, toaster. You did such a great job making that egg waffle for me, right? We don't thank inanimate objects. 
We think persons, right? When you go home tonight and it's raining outside, you're not going to be like, man, windshield wipers, I'm so thankful you're doing such a great job for me. Right? Thanksgiving is a personal thing. Right? You thank your wife for making you dinner tomorrow. You thank your mother-in-law for making that great pie. You thank God for your mother-in-law and your wife because he blessed you with them. When we give thanks, it's pointing to the reality of a personal creator God who made us as personal beings. Right? And when you think about all the people in the world who don't have a personal relationship with God, and they don't know that there's a personal God to whom we can give thanks, and then you stop and you wonder, who are they thanking tomorrow? Right? Like, if you don't believe in God, like, who are you thanking? I'm, I'm thankful that I've got a great wife. I, you know, I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for my house. But they don't know that their thankfulness is actually pointing to something greater, someone greater, who is the source of all of those blessings, right? Acts chapter 17, the apostle Paul says that it is God who determines the times in which we live. He determines the exact places where we will live. God is the creator and sustainer of all things. In him we live and move and have our being. He is the source of all of our blessings, And yet so many people don't even know that, right? Who are they giving thanks to tomorrow? For a lot of people, it's just like, man, you know, I'm so lucky I got this great job. And, you know, man, you know, isn't, what a a random chance that I just got got engaged to this great girl. And, you know, I'm so lucky, right? Friends, we don't call it lucky day. We don't call it what a great chance day, right? We call it Thanksgiving day. Because inherently, as people, we know that the act of thanksgiving points us to something bigger, someone greater, the source of all that we have. And so as Christians, friends, when we give thanks tomorrow, it's a testimony to the world that we serve a great and faithful God. Last point tonight, Joshua says, God had them build this memorial, this pillar of stone, these memorial stones. Why do we give thanks, Joshua says here in verse 24, to encourage and sustain our faith, to encourage and sustain our faith. God did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. We give thanks for our sake so that we might always fear the Lord our God. Now, some of you might be thinking like, fear God, right? I mean, that's kind of a weird way to talk about our relationship with God, that we fear God. Fear here in the Bible, all right, the fear of the Lord, when you hear that phrase, it's not the kind of fear like when Caleb was hiding behind Addie's bedroom door last night, and when she walked in to go to bed, he jumps out and scares her, right? It's not that kind of fear. Fear of the Lord, fearing God, is about having a reverence for God for his greatness, for his nature, for his character. It's, a, it's having an awestruck reverence for who God is. Fear of the Lord is a faith that is motivated by a recognition of God's greatness and faithfulness. So we fear God in the sense that how could I do anything else but be just in complete awe of who he is because of all the amazing things I've seen him do in my life. And so I walk in faith because I'm just awestruck. I'm overwhelmed by the greatness of the God I serve because he's proven himself over and over and over again. What else would I do? 
but continue to walk in faith and follow him. That's what it's talking about here, the fear of God. And Joshua says that the memorial stones, our thanksgiving stones, are to be a reminder to us of the greatness and faithfulness of God that would encourage us and sustain our faith no matter what trial we might face. You want to hear something really cool? Joshua was told by the Lord to have the men of Israel take these stones out of the Jordan River. But you know what? They didn't build this memorial at the foot of the Jordan River. Right? You would think like this miracle just happened right there at the Jordan River. Let's build the monument here. But no, God says to Joshua, I want you to take these stones, hike with them five miles, okay, five miles west of the Jordan River to a place called Gilgal. Gilgal, by the way, in Hebrew means to roll. So I'm guessing these stones were actually pretty big. They named the place to roll. They weren't carrying these things. They were, they were rolling these things. They were huge boulders. And so God tells them, take these stones, set them up five miles away at this place called Gilgal. Why there? Right? The miracle happened over there. Friends, do you remember what the Israelites were about to do as they entered the promised land? They were about to face their greatest challenge yet. They were about to go up to battle, go up against the Canaanites in battle. And God was going to call the Israelites to go to war against this incredible, powerful nation, the Canaanites. And the very first obstacle that they had to face was the most powerful, most fortified city in the land of Canaan called Jericho. Huge walls, thousands of people, soldiers, weapons, fortification. And you know where Jericho was? It was a mile away from where God had them put the memorial stones. What was God saying to the people of Israel? God was saying to the people of Israel, you know what? You got a huge obstacle in front of you. And you're going to face a huge trial. Like in a couple days, I'm going to send you over to Take that place on. And I got to imagine the Israelites were looking at this huge fortified city and they were fearful. They were intimidated. They were scared. These guys had never fought a battle before. None of them. There was not a single warrior in their whole camp. They had a whole lot of soldiers, but none of them had fought a battle before. And now God's going to say, you're going up against this city, Jericho, fortified soldiers, the whole works. They were scared to death, I bet. But God put the memorial stones right there within eye shot of Jericho to remind them that that obstacle is no bigger than the one that God already provided rescue for us through. And if God can help us cross the Red Sea, and if God can help us cross the Jordan River, what are we doing being afraid of that city? These stones stand as a reminder to us of the greatness and faithfulness of our God. And I want to tell you, friends, I, I really hope and pray that you have memorial stones in your life that you can go to and remind yourself of God's goodness and his faithfulness for when you face your trials, when you face your obstacles. I tell you what, in the last six months, I, I've, like, I've been like camping out next to my memorial stones. I tell you what, I mean, there have been some times at night where, I mean, I'm like cuddling up with these guys right here. 
because that's all I have. When my wife is going through chemo, when we don't know the outcomes of her tests, when we're afraid that the news is going to be bad, all I had was my memorial stones that testified to me of the greatness and faithfulness of my God. You know what? Some of you guys were part of my memorial stones. My kids are building their own memorial stones because you know what? Someday they're going to tell their kids that we grew up at a church that when our family was in our darkest hour, we had people like the Linmans, we had people like the Mosbys who loved us, who cared for us. We had hundreds of people bringing us meals like every other. It was incredible. And you guys are going to be memorial stones in their pile someday. Friends, God gives us memorial stones in our lives to help us remember that no matter what trial we see in our future, no matter what trial we stand in the shadow of, Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you know what? God is with me. And he provided then, and he provided then, and he took care of us then. And if he did all that, he can help me through this next trial. He can save me through this next challenge. We serve a great and faithful God, friends. I pray you have memorial stones in your life to look to, to give thanks for. You know, tonight, as we leave here tonight, I want you to think about this question. What story do my stones tell? When you think about the ways that God has provided for you, his greatness, his faithfulness in your life, what story do your stones tell? Tonight, when you leave, at each of the doors, there are bins with rocks in them. Just small rocks, not big ones, just small ones. I want you all to take a rock home tonight. I want you to take a rock home with you. This is a free gift from me to you, all right? (laughs) I want you to take a rock, every one of you, I want you to take, in fact, you can take two or three if you want. I want you to take a rock, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to, tomorrow when you're having Thanksgiving dinner with your family, with your friends, I want every single one of you and your family to take your stone. And I want you to create a little memorial stone pile right there on your dining room table, on your kitchen table. And I want everyone in your family to take a minute to share one of the ways that they've seen God's faithfulness in their life this past year. Something that you're thankful for this past year. Boys, girls, teens, college students, moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, all of you. Let's create our own memorial stones to bear witness and testify to the greatness and faithfulness of our God. You can take a stone on your way out tonight. Some of you might be here and you're thinking to yourself, I've never even thought about thanking God for anything in my life before. Like, this is foreign to me. Maybe you don't have a relationship with our great and faithful God. Well, you know something? You can take a stone tonight, too. And maybe tonight, for the very first time, you're going to start your own pile of stones. And maybe tonight, your very first memorial stone is the stone that reminds you that on this night, Thanksgiving Eve 2015, I put my trust in Jesus Christ for the very first time. 
I called out to that great and faithful God that Pastor Jason was talking about, and I asked him to come into my life to forgive me of my sins, and I wanted to have a new life with him. And maybe tonight you're going to start your memorial stone pile, and it's going to open up a whole new journey in your life, walking with God. The God who parts the Red Sea, the God who crosses the Jordan River on dry land, the God who builds his monuments in the shadow of fortified terrible, terrifying cities and says, I am with you always. Fear not. Let me close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the many ways that you bless us. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for providing new life for us, for forgiving us of our sins. And thank you for the many, countless ways you bless us. I thank you, Jesus, for the many ways you've been at work in my family in recent weeks and months. I thank you for my friends here in this church that have literally been memorial stones for our family that tomorrow, friends, you can count. We're going to be count out. We're going to be giving thanks for you tomorrow. Jesus, you have blessed us so richly. Every single one of us here tonight, you have blessed. God, as we leave tomorrow, tonight and give thanks to you tomorrow. I pray that these stones that we take with us this evening might go with us and serve as a reminder to us, as a testament to ourselves, to our families, of the ways that you have blessed us this past year. God, I pray that that the families here tonight would, would take advantage of this as an opportunity to create their own memorial stone pile that they can look to and they can praise you for and they can say, isn't our God awesome? We serve a great God, and tomorrow our thanksgiving is all about you, Jesus. It's all for you. Everything we have, you have given us. We're so thankful. Lord, if there's anybody here tonight who doesn't have a relationship with you, I just pray that maybe even right now, right here in the quiet of their own heart, they might just say a simple prayer, something like, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. Will you forgive me of my sins? I want to start a new walk a new relationship with you tonight. I want to take that stone tonight and I want it to be my first memorial stone in my pile that testifies to the greatness of who God is. And if you're here tonight and if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, I I just encourage you to open your heart to him tonight. He'll welcome you. He promises that to those who call on his name, he gives the right to be called children of God. Start a new life with him tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. We pray in your name. Amen.